Listeners, this podcast is of an adult nature, so please keep that in mind. Time to leave, kids. This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. And today we continue our discussion on the sex and porn industry. Michael, are you ready to be helpful today? That's my goal. That's what we're trying to do today. So here is our question. How do I actually overcome a porn addiction? If I have this problem, this struggle, how do I get help? So let's assume a couple of things. We're going to assume that you know that you should not be engaged in it. We're going to assume you starts. want to get out of it. Um, so I'm going to spend zero time trying to convince you that what you're doing is not good. Go listen to Monday and Wednesday's podcast yes. if you want to be convinced. This is for the person who is ready. And uh, or the person who's gearing up to be ready. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is I want to tell you the four things that are going to be required for you to truly be at a place where you can say, I am no longer addicted to pornography. Yeah. Um, now, here's number one, the humility to expose it. Number two, the commitment to rewire your brain. Number three the discipline to replace what you were doing with something not neutral, but righteous. Yes. And then number four, here's how you know you have overcome this season of addiction. You are free to tell your story. Yeah, you are open to share yep. your struggle. That I think is the best places where you know it no longer has control. So let's go back to the beginning and let's talk about number one, the humility to expose. If you're in the middle of a porn addiction, um, I want to just empathize for a moment. What you're going through is really, really terribly difficult. Yes. Your brain has been rewired. You are a functional drug addict. Um, you've learned to cope with life highs and lows um, through this medium. It has stolen hundreds or thousands of hours of your life. Mm -hmm. It has caused great shame between you and God. You know he doesn't want this for you. Yes. Your level of worldliness has made you functionally unusable to God. Um, when you do find yourself being used, you feel like a hypocrite mm -hmm. and nothing is good about this, right? You, your relationship with women has been definitely changed. Um, your view of women, you have a hard time looking at women, women with purity. Um, when you are just by yourself, when you lay your head down at night, um, these images fly through your brain and you want them to stop and they don't like, I, mm -hmm. this is hard. This again, is a you're really speaking directly towards the guys, but we do know that women struggle with this as, as well. Yep. And uh, right now I, I am as a dude as largely a telling the dude's story. But here's the deal. Pornography, addiction, overcoming it. It's the same, same four thing. steps. Yes. So it doesn't matter who you are. It's the same four things. And uh, even though women are not inherently um, created to be as responsive to visual stimuli as men are. Um, their brain is very responsive to visual stimuli. Yes, it's just sir. a different category. Uh, and so let, let's just talk about number one, the humility to expose. Uh, this is the hard part because most people, because there is a level of shame, if they're in a place or a community that does not look highly upon pornography, there's a level of shame in it. So they haven't told people. If you're in a non-Christian community, uh, an agnostic community, for example, uh, a, a non-religious spiritual community, mm -hmm. if you will, um, people, they don't care by and large. Right. Uh, we said on, on a Monday and Wednesday that the stats are that 89% of Americans believe pornography is neutral or good, mm -hmm. right? Only 11% have a negative view of pornography in, in total. And there's so many jokes and so many 
off-color comments and, and stories about this that people try to play it off as natural and right. normal. But I think at the heart level, most people know this is not healthy. This is not good. Right. But they won't say it. They, they won't, won't say act it. on it. And, and that's part of the problem. But like, so if you're in this in this position where you're believing it's not good for you, likely you're in a group where either A, let's say you're with people who believe it's wrong. It's a, it's, you're going to feel like it's a shameful thing and you're going to be embarrassed to talk about it. If you're with a group of people who feel like it's good and you're telling them I need to stop, they're going to say, what's wrong with you? Everyone right. looks at porn. Like, and they could ridicule you. It's like mm -hmm. the alcoholic trying to stop drinking when all of his friends are alcoholics. Like, oh, who do you think you are? You're right. better than us and holier than thou. And no matter how you slice it, if you are going to overcome pornography. It has to begin with this. Yeah. Somebody needs to know and that somebody is not you. <laughs> it needs to be somebody other than you. The What most people try to do is to say, I'm going to do this on my own. Can't. And it almost never, ever works. The idea of going cold turkey because you are so disciplined and under control, it may even work for a month or two, but then people relapse mm -hmm. because sin grows in the dark. And so scripture is very clear that sin needs to have light shined on it for that sin to be murdered. Sin is like a vampire. It grows and it sucks your blood in the dark. But when sunlight is exposed to it, that vampire dies. Now, do we know vampires are not real, Tim? Yes, <laughs> vampires are not real. Do we even have to say this? Unfortunately, uh -huh. we do. Um, but the point is that uh, this first step in overcoming pornography is finding a safe person whom you trust, who also believes that you need to stop this and you need to begin talking about it you will be tempted when you talk to this person to mitigate or lessen the severity of it. When people tell me they're addicted to porn, I usually amplify what they're telling me by four. And I'm mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when every, I'm getting close to the real severity. I have a hard time believing that when somebody says, it's the first time I looked at it and I got caught. Like, that's not, that's not good. If you're a believer, I want to give you just a fair warning. Um, if you will not expose it and you are God's child, he will expose you eventually. Sure. That is my commitment to you. And I believe every Christian has one of two decisions in front of them when it comes to the issue of pornography. And the first decision is expose myself uh, before God and before another person or group of people that I trust. Or number two is be exposed by God publicly and be embarrassed. And uh, I've just found that there's no there's no middle ground in this. And, um, and it may take a couple of years. But inevitably, um, the more somebody looks at porn, especially in the middle of porn, um, when you are um, being sexually aroused, uh, your logic, the frontal cortex of your brain begins to stop working as much, all your risk, all this stuff, all that stuff starts to, to lessen until sexual release. But in the process of looking at porn, we end up doing really dumb things because our brain starts to shut down and focus on getting sexual release at all costs, sort of like what a drug addict does when they're looking for a fix. And in the process of that, the deeper you get into drugs, the deeper you get into porn, um, the more dumb things you do in the process of looking at porn, the less you cover your tracks, et cetera. So the more you do it, the more, the higher the likelihood of you being a moron and getting caught. Okay. Right. But here's my commitment to you as a Christian. If you don't expose it, God will expose you and it will be embarrassing. And um, God knows that being publicly exposed is the only way the sin will ever be killed, has to shine light on it. Number two is that your brain needs to be rewired through mm -hmm. detox. And uh, so this rewiring um, is profound and it is now affecting every part of your everyday, whether or not you understand it or not. It's sort of like the, the person um, who moves to a new city 
and they're there for 10 years and they have a hard time remembering what it was like to live in their old city. A lot of people have a hard time remembering what it's like to not be addicted to porn, what it's like to look at a woman and not have one ounce of your desire um, or a man to use them or to sexually use them or to make them about a physical object. Like your brain has so hardwired differently at this point that the only way that you are going to be able to change that is the is first through detoxing. That means some big things. That means every avenue or access needs to be stopped. That means every image that you have anywhere, whether it's digital or print, needs to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen is as you expose it, as you bring in someone to help you do this, you will be tempted to lie, lie, lie. Yeah. Because sin is darkness and it wants to keep things in the dark. And if it's in the dark, it's like mold. It can grow. Mm -hmm. And so what we know is that um, sin in you is going to be your greatest enemy and it's going to deceive your heart. And you may uh, end up not telling, you may end up telling somebody here's where 99% of it is, but leaving one magazine open yeah, and it's not, not going to work very akin to the drug addict or the Oxycontin addict or whatever, who, um, they go through and he's like, here are all my pills, but you have one secret mm -hmm. stash left in the vent, you know, yeah. like it's that same, uh, but just in case I need it, you know? And, and so you, at your own risk, you um, preserve some of your pornographic materials or access. This means that um, your, your smartphone actually has incredible capacity um, through parental controls that may sound condescending to adults, but um, I work with adults where um, somebody has the parental controls. They cannot download mm -hmm. uh, certain levels of apps right. unless they get a password. And typically it's from somebody in their family or somebody they trust. And, uh, and so that's a, no, it's the new normal, um, mm -hmm. how you think about things like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon prime and internet access and what browser you use, yeah. uh, um, where, uh, devices are in your life. And so unfortunately tech is so ubiquitous that this is now becoming a very challenging next step because porn is pushed at us at all realms uh, in all realms. So the challenge of detox is that you will need discipline and the Holy spirit to help you in this season, because even if you shut down all access that you're aware of, porn has a way of finding itself um, through random digital means that you weren't expecting. Yes. That's just something to be aware of um, and, and to understand that. But if you're going to overcome it, uh, a rewiring of your brain, which happens first and foremost through detox. The, the third thing that you need to do is you need to rewire your brain through replacement. Yes. It's what you put in its place. Yes. And, you know, I, I love when you read through scripture, that is exactly what God does on every level. He never asks us to stop sinning without saying, okay, replace the sin with something better. Go and sin go, no Go and more. sin no more is what yep. he told the lady caught Basically, in adultery. Yep. The key is replacing what idle time, you know, the, the saying is, you know, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Mm -hmm. Bored men do dumb things. Yeah. That's you've like got, a general you've rule You've got to life. replace your idle time. You've got to replace one habit with a better habit. Yep. This is why, um, a lot of the porn addiction currently has to like, not all, I mean, a lot of it has to do with everybody, but like, um, younger men and women who are not working or are bored or who are on mm -hmm. video games all the time mm -hmm. are, are greatly susceptible. And this is, I, I think, I mean, I may regret this later, but uh, I think one of the values of kids in school or kids uh, working is that it distracts them or kids who have um, great social groups and yes. friend groups, you know, um, that it distracts them from being bored. 
and it doesn't give them as much time or energy or sports or extracurricular yes. activities. Like, mm-hmm. so some kids are not old enough to work or whatnot, but we're still created to be busy, to use our bodies, to use our lives, to build people up, to serve people, to be engaged. And boredom is really, I believe, the source of of the of making overcoming porn addiction the most difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, we have like seasons in our life where my wife and my kids will be in another state um, visiting family and I'll be at home. It could be a week, could be 10 days, could be two weeks one time. And what I have to do, um, not because I'm terribly concerned, I'm going to go look at porn, but just because I don't, I don't even want to be bored for a right. little while uh, because I want to be able to be productive. I'm created to be my best when I'm productive and I'm, I'm created in a sense or sin has allowed me in a sense um, to be more prone to stupidity when I'm just sitting down doing mm-hmm. nothing, you know? Now, my wife, to, if she's listening to this, like, a, you know, full transparency, <laughs> she calls me a professional rester, right? Okay. I love rest, <laughs> but I choose my rest. I yes. have seasons of rest. I have, whether they're vacations or about an hour and a half every night, and I do my rest publicly. I don't rest privately. Uh, I rest my, I rest in community. Yes. My community typically is my family or my friends. So rest is good. Rest is different than boredom mm-hmm. alone by yourself. We have to be very, very careful and very, very protective of those isolation times Absolutely. in our lives. Yep, yep, yep. So replacing things. Let's talk about what we do that. We do that with our time. We mm-hmm. do that with our projects, our hobbies. We do that with our church. Sometimes we do that with, with our, our friends. Our friends. We spend more time actually physically in their presence rather than digitally in their presence. Yes. Um, we jump into our church and we serve one or two times a week. And honestly, I think men addicted to porn who don't necessarily have families at home or mm-hmm. have older kids, they need to jump in three or four times a week, serve on facilities or men's ministry or women's, whatever people do. Like we need to overcompensate for a season right. and busy ourselves. And uh, we have to remind ourselves in this process, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Oh, I'm fine. You make some longer term commitments. I would say this rewiring process, depending on the severity, can have it can it can actually be have measurable, profound changes sure. within one to three months. And I would mm-hmm. tell anybody, take three months of your life, overserve, overcommit, take away all avenues of boredom, sure. uh, detox like to a crazy amount, and give yourself those three months and watch your brain change. Mm-hmm. By month one, you're going to feel like, oh, I'm one, I'm victorious. Don't stop at month stop. one. You go through month two and all it's yeah. doing is reinforcing a new wiring. You've, you like, what if you substituted your porn time for time in scripture, serving at church, yes. uh, praying, uh, anything. I mean, just, but the idea is put in thoughts that create righteous mm-hmm. thoughts or righteous behaviors, right? So here's what we got. Humility to expose. Number one, number two, uh, rewiring your brain through detox. Number three, the discipline to replace it with things that are life-giving and glorifying to God. And number four, I love this. The person who is overcome is able to tell their story, uh, not necessarily everywhere, no. but in safe groups that are appropriate, and to say, I was a porn addict. Right. Uh, the ability to be able to say that uh, is Past making tense it, and yeah. give God glory. Absolutely. You're, you're putting it even more into the light. Every time you tell your story, there's a greater level of accountability. Mm-hmm. People are expecting you and that social pressure is actually good for you. And so I love when people can tell their story. And then it, it's a lot easier to say, Hey, 10 years ago, I struggled with porn rather than a month ago. I struggled with porn. Mm-hmm. A lot, I tell people a lot of times, 
whatever the sin issue is, you probably won't be able to tell your story for a year or two. Yeah, it's, it's going to take you a little time. Yeah, and that's that's okay. Like, There's no pressure right now. Like, I got to get to the place where I can tell my story. The Lord at the right time will open up avenues um, for you to do this. The darker the sin, oftentimes the longer the detox period mm-hmm. and the longer the period it is um, where you're going to be able to tell your story. And some things are going to restrict you from telling your story. There may be relationships in your life where to tell the story is to unnecessarily shame and embarrass them. Yeah, You may have a very sensitive husband or wife, and so you may not go publicly tell the story That's until right. God's worked on their heart. Mm-hmm. But one-on-one in private circumstances, you may be able to counsel somebody and say, hey, can I tell you my story? Yeah. And Here's where I was at one point. So I, I think big picture, if you want to overcome porn addiction, it's going to be difficult. Some people may be bothered when I say this. You don't need to become a Christian to overcome porn. Not at all. Here's what we tell everybody. Everybody has has self-control. And the way I know this is that if I were to look at any non-Christian porn addict and, and say to them, um, do you have to look at porn right now? They might say, yes. Okay. I have a gun to your child's head. If you look at the porn, I'll pull the trigger. What Would are they going to do? do? That? And they, they won't. Yeah, they will, they can choose. And the reason they don't is because they actually have self-control. They don't mm-hmm. believe the cost of looking at it is great enough. When the cost is great enough, they will stop looking at it. Right. And so I know that anybody can stop looking at porn. Any, anybody can choose right behaviors. Mm-hmm. Anybody can rewire their brain. Christians can send their brain down a ridiculous um, path. Uh, they can also rewire for positivity. And, and this is honestly where a lot of self-help comes from. The human brain has mm-hmm. the capacity to rewire itself. But here's what the Holy Spirit gives you. Um, unbelievable grace, unbelievable yes. support and help and conviction. Uh, the Holy Spirit also um, working in other people surrounds you with a community that is unlike anything else. That's right. But you know what? You know what evidence of the Holy Spirit is? If you're the Holy Spirit, it means you are forgiven, uncondemned, and that God is for you and with you and fighting for you. Yes. That even in every struggle and every setback, your God is not looking down on you with condemnation, but wants to come alongside of you and support you and help you. And he's already forgiven you in Jesus Christ. That's I mean, right. Uh, to have the Holy Spirit in you, I believe, is the linchpin. Not only that, but the Holy Spirit doesn't just stop you from looking at porn, but now in the context of a local church mm-hmm. in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have the opportunity to replace it with things that are actually of eternal nature, yes. that are much more beneficial. Your soul comes alive in a new way. The non-Christian without the Holy Spirit who does good things um, uh, is doing good things, but the person who is uh, a Christian who has the Holy Spirit and is doing these good things flourishes as a human in a unique, profound way. Um, to have the affirmation, the support, the approval of God himself inside of you changes everything. And uh, all, all I know is uh, I, I love knowing that when I struggle with anything, me and God, I, I might be I might be broken. He might, he might just say, I need you to take a little time off yes. with us, you know? that God and I are 100% okay. Mm -hmm. Like to know that in every struggle that I have is is awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, expose, rewire, replace, inevitably, eventually tell your story. Listeners, we have been trying to be very helpful today and we thank you for joining us. Please come back next time when we start a brand new topic, pacifism. Should I punch them or should I hug them? Should we go to (laughs) war with them? So, Tim, what's our question for Monday on the subject of pacifism? Question is, I've killed someone in battle. Am I a murderer? Mm-hmm.